Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ormse, the Orms podcast. In studio today, we are joined by scenographer and local creative, Michelle Weston. Hey, y'all. Welcome, Michelle. So what is a scenographer, you may ask? Let's get chatting and find out more about this fascinating branch of photography. You're listening to Orms Air, the Orms podcast, an open space where we discuss everything photographic and invite you to step inside our world of photography. For over 20 years, Orms has been the creative's go-to for all things photographic. From the best gear to breathtaking display options, visit ormsdirect.co.za for everything you need. Let's get chatting with Dion Yubab and Rachel Reeves. Intro. Hi, Michelle, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. This it's is great to amazing. Have you in studio. Yay. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to start off by just asking you to explain to us what a scenographer is. Because I'm sure a lot of people aren't really 100% sure. And mm-hmm. It's quite a, I don't know, well, it's a new term that I've come across anyway. Yeah, so I think scenography is mm. as old as a scanner is. Yeah. Because okay. if you have a tool, people yeah. are going to use it to make art mm. in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's scenography that's been around since the late 80s, 90s. Mm. Um, and it's not a really well-known form of photography yeah. because it's it's like bulky. Yeah. Because you can't like, there are people who do do it and like take their scanners outdoors. Yeah. But it's a mission. It's, yeah, and I can yeah, imagine it's it. It's an absolute mission. It must be also a risk. You know, you risk damaging your equipment if you take it outdoors. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a sensitive piece of machinery. Semi-sensitive. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've had some uh, interesting experiences with interesting objects on my scanner. Okay. Some of them quite heavy, some of them quite wet. Uh, yeah, that must be a... So how do you how do you protect your, your equipment? How do you protect your equipment? Yeah. Mm, it's just hoping the glass doesn't break yeah. when it's something <laughs> very heavy. Yeah, I, I I try not to do stuff that's too crazy. I, I have done quite a few like rocks and stones mm. and geological things. Did some cross sections of geo- geoids. That was like quite harrowing. Yeah, I can because imagine. you can actually it's like the weight of the rock down on the glass yeah. pushes it down, starts making weird noises. I actually scanned a friend of mine and the whole scanner stopped halfway and then went back panic station yeah all the fun stuff yeah so wait when you say you scanned a friend of yours yeah how does how did that how does that work did you scan their face um them so there's quite a few different kinds of objects that i enjoy scanning so like i started off with dead pigeons mm. that mm-hmm. I find in Woodstock. Okay, yeah. So there's a one road mountain road where there's a hospital and yeah. uh, the Woodstock hospital and there's a lot of stray cats around there, yeah. cats from the area, people driving really fast, people feeding pigeons on the side of the road, yeah. like outside their houses, like old people. So there's a lot of pigeons around and if you have a large number of things and a large number of predators around, you get yeah. dead pigeons. Yeah. So I always find them quite fascinating. Yeah. It's just like the beautiful feathers, but also it's like pretty dark and dingy. So I started off with that. Yeah. And then 
moved on to prettier things. Mm -hmm. A lot of shells from the beach. And then I just ended up collecting stuff from the beach. That was uh, beach trash as well. Yeah. And just all the human waste. Thematically, I try to go with things that people like have discarded and left behind. Yeah, okay. Just all these different objects and all the things that I find interesting to yeah. my eye. So scanning a person was my friend has some very beautiful tattoos. Mm. So we decided to scan her tattoos. Yeah, they were in interesting places. So to actually get her to be flat against yeah, the scanner no, itself imagine. was uh, quite interesting. Mm. And the terror of the screen cracking. Yeah, it's <laughs> busting up your, your gear. I can imagine. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting how a scanner. It's everything that's against the glass mm. is in perfect focus. Yeah. And as soon as you move about three millimeters away, the depth of field changes yeah. so fast. It's almost like a macro lens. You have like the smallest little depth of field but you can still see a lot of detail yeah. when it is a little bit away. Um, and yeah, amazing colors, amazing reflections, because it has its own light yeah. source. Yeah, all sorts of crazy stuff out there. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that I found um, sort of attracted me to your work, mm -hmm. in, well, initially, is the, the colors that come through. Mm. I mean, they're so rich and vibrant. I always thought, I just like sort of was wondering how you got the... Do you put like a box over it almost to keep the the back of it so dark? Mm. Because obviously scanner comes with a lid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so do you put the object underneath and then close the lid or do you have like a darkened room or a <laughs> box or how do you do it? How is it done? How That's is the it secret. done? That is Tell the, us your secret. The, the biggest secret. So a photocopier is the same as yeah. a scanner. It's just a different kind of sensor. So yeah. there's, there's two sensors, CIS and CCD. Yes. Um, so CIS is like your normal office scanner. Yeah. They're pretty cheap and it's like close contact. Uh, mm. CCD, the sensor is a lot more similar to a uh, SL DSLR yeah. camera. Yeah. It's very interesting the, the difference between those. The thing is, it's all about the ambient light in okay, the room yeah, yeah. and the way those different sensors pick up yeah. ambient light. So if you're just doing a photocopy and you have the lid open, yeah. depending on the ambient light in the room, you'll get a tone of grayish okay. black. Yeah. Not that solid saturated. Not, not a solid saturated black, yeah. but it's all depends on ambient light. So okay. if it's like a little bit dim, yeah. it'll still be a solid black. Okay. But if you have like a reflection of or out of the window yeah. into like one corner, then you can see it. So yeah, I did have to create a little black box okay, over that's everything. Cool. Yeah. But it's pretty fun. I've actually done some experimentation where like using additional light source mm. from the top of the scanner and shining it through objects. And how does that affect the, the outcome of oh, the finished image? I don't know. It's because everything I scan is on black. Yeah. If I have a like light from the side, I yeah. can create like more three-dimensionality to it okay, and it yeah. kind of like pops out of the black more. Yeah. I normally enjoy objects that are flatter so I can get more detail. So I can't always use that technique. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you can create weird, interesting, blurry patterns yeah. depending on what materials you put behind it, what kind of yeah. light, uh, like, 
foil is super crazy because it makes the sensors glitch a bit. Oh, wow. There's all sorts of interesting stuff. The scanner has to be perfectly steady yeah. or else it will glitch like it's, crazy. It's sort of like a, there's one um, scan that you did of a slug mm -hmm. that really freaks Jess out. <laughs> she has a, a little bit of a phobia about slugs. But the, what are they called? Like their little eyes. Mm -hmm. You can see that they're moving almost and they've got that like sort of shuttered, not shuttered, that's not the right word. No, it's, it's like a the, stutter motion blur. Thank you. It's not, is that what was happening? Or it's is, kind of like a motion blur, but okay. what's happened is because it's it's capturing the red, green, and blue channels at slightly yeah. different rates. Okay. So when that happens, it's like they separate. Yeah. And the sensors picking it, the light up at a different rate. Okay. So it's not like, yeah. So it comes out. As it a looks, glitch. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I thought it was beautiful. Mm. <laughs> I just like, and I've never looked at a slug and thought, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Or like, just, I don't know, envisioned a slug as a piece of art. Yeah. Loved it. It's fascinating. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you some more questions. Cool. Let's um, go. So when did you first discover sconography as a platform for artistic expression? What was your sort of introduction to it? My introduction to sconography yeah. was uh, Mariette Gutsia. Okay. She is a local scenographer. Okay. She does it uh, kind of like ab very abstract. It's ink and water okay. on a scanner. So you can do it wet or dry. Um, oh, wow. So I met uh, Mariette and she introduced me to her work and her process. And mm. I just, I find it very intriguing. Yeah, it was a couple of months later when I was walking home from the shops, uh, so I did Pigeon in the Gutter. And I was feeling like I needed to do something mm. artistic. And I took it home, put it on this old office scanner that I yeah. had, a four-in-one machine. Yeah, and I was like, what's the biggest scan I can get out of this? Like, what's the highest DPI I can do? Um, <laughs> and Just push the envelope, essentially. Just, yeah, yeah, push the envelope to, to like max everything out. And I think it was, um, it was an A4 at 4,800 DPI, Jeez. which kind of translates to about 40,000 by 70,000 pixels, Jeez. which is absolutely ridiculous. My uh, yeah. like third generation i7 laptop with a like a normal disk hard drive at the yeah. time chugged so hard imagine, trying yeah. to open it in Photoshop. <laughs> it would literally take probably like three to five minutes to open the file. Yeah, yeah. and that's with eight gigs of RAM. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an absolute monstrosity and really hard to actually edit the images at that yeah. time. I did these ones in black and white, mm -hmm. and it was this really interesting, the, I think it's the moray pattern, mm -hmm. where things seem to shimmer okay, yeah. um, when you move it across the screen. Yeah. So that's the effect that came out with the intricacies of the feathers. Yeah. And it was just, like I did the one, the first image, uh, and I just got lost. Yeah, I can I imagine. entranced by it. And like, at the beginning, it used to take me probably like two hours to yeah. do basic edits. Yeah. Just like levels and yeah. like cleaning up a little bit. Yeah. Um, it would take like two hours to edit one image. Um, it was absolutely ridiculous. But the amount of detail that yeah. you see in it and 
the kind of like the magic of the architecture of life itself. Yeah, yeah. It's just entrancing. But that's, I mean, that's the thing and something that I've noticed with going through your work. Like, mm. the, for me, my absolute favorite is the wisdom teeth scan. Yeah. You can literally see the hairs. It looks like hairs within the teeth. You know, like the strands that build it up. Oh, it's yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And to think that your body just creates these things. You know, like <laughs> that, it's sort of like that... Mm. Oh, I don't know. Like you just go deeper, 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 and you mm. sort of like your mind is just blown open. Yeah, funny story about that. Yeah. My old housemate sent me a voice note yesterday mm. and asked if I want her boyfriend's teeth that just got taken out. <laughs> more teeth to scan. Yeah, more teeth. More teeth. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you guys probably think um, I sound like a crazy person, but you really should go check out Michelle's work if you haven't seen it already because, yeah, that scan is just. It's incredible. I love it. Mm. We were speaking earlier before we started recording about you starting with photography mm. and how was that sort of like, obviously you were interested in making images and sort of capturing moments. Mm. Was that, was there a link from that towards scenography or was it more the introduction when you found this artist? Mm. Was there a link? I mean, yeah. So my, like profession and day yeah. job is uh, web and graphic design. Yeah. So I studied graphic design, used mm. the scanner as part of my course, did photography uh, yeah. as part of the course. Um, yeah, we had to buy a DSLR mm. for okay. uh, back then, Nikon D60. Yeah. It was my first camera. And yeah, I've always enjoyed photography. Okay. Um, as soon as I got like, cell phone with a camera on it i was yeah. taking photos of textures and wood and okay. rust and the scratched marks and things and just things that i found interesting yeah um yeah and that's back on a like two megapixel sony ericsson flip phone uh, <laughs> oh i miss those phones <laughs> it was oh. so cute um but yeah i was i've like i've always been that weird kid who's just like staring at stuff yeah. um like I used to do this exercise where yeah. I'd sit on my windowsill and <clears throat> uh, I'd stare at the plane of glass yeah. and I'd try and focus on the depth of field of the glass in front of me yeah. and then like the layer of the glass when it like meets the outside yeah. and try and like get the depth of field between those and then to like the trees in the distance and then yeah. the mountains behind that and just shift my depth of field just because I just like wanted to see what it looked like. Just because you sort of almost could. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you just see things and textures and I'm like, I'll just like see something on the floor and I'll pick it up and I'll yeah. stare for like 10 minutes. But just. it's interesting. So you've always had that sort of want to find out what like things are made of essentially, or like where you can push them to. Mm, I think it's like an interest in material sciences okay. kind of thing. Like, what is the makeup of something? Yeah. And okay. like, how does this come together? Why does like sedimentary rock just fall yeah. apart? Um, okay. Just, yeah, it's just like, how does the natural world kind of like come together? Yeah. But I think from like the process that I've been on now, it's mm. I'm looking at man-made objects as well. Yeah. And... There's so many intricacies with those. Yeah, so it's like I scanned a lighter recently. Yeah. And you're seeing like the little um, 
bits of like droplets of gas, mm. the like fingerprint marks, the like the bad machining from the yeah. the molding uh, and all of those elements. And when you get into that much detail, it's just yeah, you just get lost. No, I can imagine. Yeah, it's uh, I kind of get like between eight and 21 times magnification, mm. depending on the size of the object that's being scanned. So you really can see literally oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, it's, I would say if you have 20-20 vision, mm. like you would be able to see that with your naked eye. Yeah. And so it's like macroscopic instead yeah. of microscopic. Yeah. Um, so you can see it if you have like perfect vision, yeah. but not everyone does. No. So it's, <laughs> it's great to see those wonders up close. Yeah, but I suppose if you don't have it, for everyone who doesn't have perfect vision, there's mm -hmm. a scanner. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so has exploring scanography as a medium helped you to grow within other sort of creative fields that you're interested in? Mm, I think scanography and just photography in general is just yeah. like one of the outlets Okay. Uh, that I tried to have. Okay. So I've... how else are you... Creative. Creating, yeah. Yeah. So I think the reason why yeah. the Instagram, my Instagram account exists mm. is like I needed to be creative yeah. and I needed to, to try and be creative every day yeah. so I could just like human. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because without it, it's just like jump into a hall of depression, anxiety, yeah. I feel I'm not creating. Um, and it was a way that I could just work on something for like two hours of my day mm. uh, and then that would be it it was just one way to just be creative keep being creative yeah. and then other stuff that i've done is uh i've like make costumes sometimes okay. uh, what so. sort of process is that like is that like do you sew uh, or i just sculpt? do things with my hands and okay. something appears at the end of the process <laughs> Um, yeah, it was quite funny. I made one for Bazik. Uh, okay, cool, yeah. It was quite popular. It was fun. That uh, was cool. Uh, and then one of my other interests, mm. where it's like you see something on the internet, mm -hmm. and then something happens in real life. Yeah. And then they kind of like merge yeah. somehow. So uh, from that, I did skull carving. Yes, okay, yeah, I've yeah. seen, you have a couple of those those on your Instagram page. Yeah, they're like right yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, I've scrolled all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, you're paid to stalk people, so. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. It is one, possibly one of my favorite parts <laughs> of my job. Yeah, so what happened was uh, there's a, a gallery, I'm not sure if they're still around the corner, called uh, Next. Oh yes, gallery. yeah. And yeah. They, you, they started off in Woodstock as knobs and tassels. Yeah. Um, and I was just walking through Woodstock, I went up into the space, uh, met Blake, uh, and he was like, hey, we have a whole load of skulls, do you mm -hmm. want a skull as a canvas to do an artwork on? And I was like, sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> So took a skull under my arm yeah. and walked back home in Woodstock with a cow skull under my arm, as Imagine. one does. People must be like, this is a crazy <laughs> human being. Yeah, and um, I think the skull sat at home for like, what, three weeks, yeah. four weeks. And I, my housemate at the time, uh, Alistair, he's a, 
he's got an amazing project of like London photography. Okay. If you ever want to check that out, I'll give you that link. It's yeah. super cool. You can put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's yeah. super rad. But yeah, so uh, I was going through a rough patch at the time and mm. he like sat me down and he was like, you just need to like get off your ass and do something. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be creative. So I took the skull, I painted it, yeah. matte black, because why not start off everything with matte black? <laughs> yes. uh, drew a like a terrible spider in gold in the front and I was like no that's terrible uh and then painted over that started again uh and then I started creating a hand cut stencil okay, with like yeah. masking tape and then I sprayed it and I did all sorts of stuff and it came out really awesome and it got sold and with that I bought a dremel and the okay. tools to like drill into bone because I thought that's the next evolution yeah. let me do that and then I did that um so it was fun and then I exhibited those at design in Daba and that was yeah super fun and amazing uh yeah. and I've been collecting skulls ever since hmm. so I have probably about 70 at home oh, but I shit, need to okay. actually find or just make the time to carve you should just have a skull room yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get there I'll get the room there. of the room of death yeah. Well, maybe not. Nicer, nicer term for it. No, maybe. but I, I think if we come back to like yes. the pigeons, yeah. the skulls. Yeah. So like death has been a theme through a lot of my work. Mm. If something dies in the savannah, no one really cares about it. Yeah. If your cow or chicken or mm. whatever that you eat dies in a slaughterhouse, yeah. you don't really think about it. No, any of those things very detached yeah. like everything's so detached it's just yeah. it's a supermarket or it's a game farm or yeah. whatever um and i've never really seen it like that okay. uh so yeah it's i've always thought there is an animal attached to yeah. this yeah uh, there was once life the latin was i think is nova genesis okay which is like uh, a new life yeah because i didn't want it to be memento moi yeah. Which is like the very common th theme around death, where it's like the remembrance of death. Yes, yeah. Matter, alive or death, is yeah. just matter. Yeah. You know, it just transforms from one thing into the next. Yeah. So, yeah, everything just, it creates a second life yeah. in a sense. So, so you're, you're essentially like celebrating the life by reinventing the life? Um, or yeah, maybe a little bit of like reincarnation. Yeah. Okay. But you know, it's just that thought of we are just the universe. Yeah. Thinking and expressing yeah. itself, just stardust, and it's all just yes. stardust, and yes. it's just capturing photons. That's all photography is. <laughs> you know, it's just capturing the universe. Essentially, yes. At one point in time. Yes. Yeah. But I think we do have a tendency. I mean, I did it now, where I reference death as a bad thing, mm. and I mean it obviously it's such a natural occurrence like everything <laughs> sort of dies yeah um but it's not everything dies everything are... changes yes okay it's yes. not necessarily an okay. end yeah i may one day die yeah but everything from me goes into something else yeah like i'll go into the soil I'll go into the bugs and yeah. bacteria and then from there into the grass the grass into another animal and then i'll be recycled into someone else Sounds a little bit um, like that part in The Lion King where Mufasa, is it Mufasa, says our bodies become the grass yeah. and the antelopes eat the grass. Yeah. The circle of life. 
Essentially, use. yeah. I like mm -hmm. it. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So there's a new way of looking at um, the loss of one sort of reality as we know it mm. and transforming it into another one. So can we touch on gear? Obviously, your gear setup is very different from the average camera bag. Mm -hmm. You're not really using a DSLR as we know it or a mirrorless camera. You're using this piece of equipment, mm -hmm. i.e. a scanner. So um, what scanner are you using at the moment? What tech do you use? I'm using an Epson V550. Okay, and is that uh, a... Photo scanner? Is that a CCD? It's a CCD. It's a, a similar sensor to a DSLR. Okay. Yeah. okay, cool. But just mm. sort of in a different format. Yeah, it's just really yeah. long instead of square. Okay, cool. Yeah. Why this piece of technology as opposed to yeah. another piece? Well, there isn't actually that much. If, if you want something that's affordable yeah. and you want to do scanography, you're yeah. going to basically use a basic photo scanner, yeah. but not an office scanner. Yeah. You do get the more pro scanners and those mm -hmm. cost like 12 grand. Mm -hmm. Those are really nice and amazing, yeah. but they cost that much because it's, they're meant to scan negatives yeah. and okay. uh, old photographs. Yeah. And they have extra technology in them to get off all the scratches and the noise yeah. and all the things that I love. But then when you want to go larger than A4, mm. the jump is like pretty exponential. Okay. And the technology actually hasn't advanced that much okay. for like consumer grade stuff yeah. at home. Yeah. yeah, you mostly just, uh, it's the like Epson 1200 or something, A3. Yeah. And that costs like 65 grand. Okay, so there is, I see what yeah. you mean, there so, is so, quite so you, a jump. Yeah, yeah, you go from like a mid-level, which is about 5K, yeah. to like 12K for the Pro, and yeah. then for the like A3 ones with a proper CCD sensor in yeah. it, it's going to cost you like 60K. Yeah. Yeah. And then... So it's quite an investment. It's, it's a huge investment. Yeah. And then if you want to get to stuff that's even bigger, yeah. then you need like a flatbed scanner that's... Yeah like has massive moving parts and huge server motors and yeah, you know, they have one at art lab um, okay, yeah. which is pretty crazy the cruise scanner it's insane but also at the same time because the tech's so big yeah. and stuff hasn't advanced yeah. it's still using a really old sensor okay i think it's like a, a five megapixel camera sensor okay. on there and you wouldn't actually think no it, you wouldn't at all yeah because so, if that's the, I mean, that's the top grade, you would think it would be... It would be like the super, super yeah. amazing thing. But the thing is, if you can control your depth of field and yeah. you're taking a photograph of something really big, you're not going to actually enlarge it that much bigger. Yeah. So if you have a like 1.2 by like 2 meter flatbed that you're going to scan, you're not necessarily going to print it bigger than yeah. that. Yeah. So. You might have like a 600 DPI okay. scan that'll yeah. come out of it, so you can like extend it a little bit. But yeah, it's it's just the file sizes get massive. Yeah, I can imagine. Like one raw file size for me is like probably about, depending on how much color's coming through, mm. can be about one and a half gigs for one, one image. Yeah, it's very <laughs> big. We spoke earlier about sort of the limitations with your sort of process or your your gear of choice mm -hmm. um, when you spoke about the l weight limitations on your scanner. Yeah. 
So what do you do to overcome these limitations? Are there ways that you can sort of work around if you want to say you want to scan something very heavy? How would you do that? Is there something that you can sort of like MacGyver to like help you out? Yeah, the, I think there's a lot of limitations because it's A4 yeah. size yeah. is the one limitation. Then there's the weight of the object. Yeah how flat or round the object is, mm. um, like all of those things. Um, and needing to keep the scanner really still. Uh, mm. mm -hmm. So like, you can take the lid off a scanner with most mm. scanners, uh, and you can put it on its side and scan with yeah, it I was on its side. That. But it's really tricky. Yeah, because then you would have to essentially keep it straight or level or immovable. No, it's not, you just don't want it falling over. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, if it falls over, it's probably going to break. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've done, like, I've used thread to hang objects over okay, um, yeah. the scanner. Uh, yeah, I've done that with a couple of flowers. Okay, to, yeah. To, like, get the, like, top view yeah. of a flower. Yeah. Hang them with thread. But that's also very tricky because I need to kind of, like, set it up and like tie the string at the perfect height, yeah. then wait for it to stop moving yeah. um, before I can actually start the scan. You get creative if you want to get the image. Yeah, I can mm. imagine. So what is your creative process like? You spoke earlier about sort of walking around your hood, mm -hmm. which is Woodstock, and just sort of finding objects. Is that, is that how you begin your sort of creative process? Is it something where you find an object and you're like, I need to know or I need to see that closer up, or I need to, I just need to take it and sort of make mm. something with it. So my creative process, it's kind of, because uh, the, the, the varying kind of stuff, it's like yeah. natural stuff, synthetic stuff. Yeah. So I did on my Instagram, there's a Nike shoe yeah, yeah. that I did. And what was really interesting about that is I walked past it every couple of days for mm. like three weeks. And it just it stayed in that gutter like the entire time. And it was just like in one place. And I just kept on walking past yeah. the shoe. And I thought it was really rad and I did want to take it home, but I was just like too lazy to actually do that. Because I have this like really amazing Adidas shoe that I found yeah. on the beach full of sand. It's like all these things of like human waste that you find everywhere, but yeah. they're still like super interesting. Did a hike up to Woodstock Cave. Okay, yeah. And on that, I found like a piece of someone's shoe, uh, four candles, the Coke cans that you get overseas. Yeah. They have like the pull lids yeah. where you like, it actually, like, you take the metal off instead of it going inside the can. Uh, find one of those okay. as well. And that was just one hike. Yeah. So it's just like my eyes see things and I'm like, that's interesting put it in a pocket yeah. uh, somewhere and it can be like that day or that evening mm. or I'll find something in my pocket and uh, scan it like three months later. Sometimes something will really excite me. Like leaves are really interesting because yeah. it's like if it's small enough I'll put it into my like between my cell phone and the cover just mm. to flatten it so, and it, so it stays safe yeah. by the time it gets home. And then I have to do it that day because the next day it's going to be dry. Yeah. So it can be fun, although there's some things that I've like left for a couple of months and they dried out completely and I found they were more, even more interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I think it was, uh, I had a cabbage flower. 
Okay, yeah. I meant to do, and then it ended up with some dry flowers that I had in the house. Mm -hmm. um, and I just sat there for like, I think it was like six months before I actually scanned it or more. And the, and the, um, your sort of end image, how did you feel about it? It was phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. It's just like having purples within a dried yeah. flower just was, yeah. And the, the textures of it, it's, it's probably one of my favorites. Okay. Although there's like a lot of favorites. I think I did, I did a retrospective piece and it was 330 scans. Uh, that I did over a period of six months. Yeah. So that's raw, that would be 300 gigs on my hard drive. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun to like find all of these magical things. Yeah. And like other people find it magical as well. I have friends who will find things and bring it to me. I have this amazing friend, Haley, who she brings me all the dead stuff. <laughs> she almost like stopped in the car with her dad to pick me up a dead squirrel. Oh, she's but unfortunately, a, a it was, true friend, though. <laughs> absolutely true friend, yeah. Because it's just like she's um, what is it? Uh, neuro neurology, I yeah. think. So she's dealing with like brain matter. Yeah. Okay, so she's like impervious and completely stuff. to anything yeah, yeah. squeamish, gross. Yeah, she doesn't have that. Totally fine. Cool. Totally okay. fine. I hope I got that right. This is Ormsair, and I'm your host, Rachel Reeves. Don't forget that subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite listening app is the quickest and easiest way to give us a long-distance high-five and to let us know that you enjoy hanging out in our creative space. So you, do you find that you, obviously, you draw inspiration from the objects that you find? You're not like, you don't have sort of an idea or a intention, okay. So you, do you have an intention with your with your work? You're like, okay, cool. I want to um, sort of convey this emotion or this feeling or this feeling of wonderment. Mm -hmm. And then you go out and find an object or is it more you find an object and you're like, this is going to, you know, when I make this image, it will be. I feel like the objects kind of find me yeah. to a certain extent. Uh, like there are some objects that I've I've gone out to kind of like try and find yeah. myself. You know, if you go to the beach, you'll probably find a sea urchin shell. Yes. Yeah. Depending on which beach you go to. Yeah. So I went and I went looking for them and I found some really interesting sea urchin shells. Yeah. And one was actually like fresh. Oh, wow. So you could actually see the mouth and the teeth oh. of it and the spines okay. before they change color. Oh, wow. Okay. Which they're, this is amazing purple. Mm. And they look like little microphones when you like zoom into them I super want... close. Is that, wait, is that image on your? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it should I need be, to yeah. look at it. Yeah, it's there. And it's, it's absolutely mind boggling. Mm. Yeah, a lot of the stuff just finds me. I think had dinner with my neighbor mm. once and she collects like semi-precious stones. Okay, yeah. And the next thing I knew, I was walking home with Tiger's Eye smoky quartz, rose quartz, yeah. like just a bucket of stuff. <laughs> so it's like other people's collections. Yeah. I'll collect those and I'll give them back to you just yeah. because it's, yeah, it's really interesting. I've sort of labeled your, um, your mm -hmm. trash, I don't want to call it trash, but your found object series yeah. as like trash or treasure. Trash or treasure. But yeah. I think and maybe it, maybe it's more along the lines of somebody else's treasure that you're just sort of, amplifying mm. and showing or sharing maybe 
I think it's just like, it's just objectification. Okay, yeah. Just like pure objectification of an object. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I've thought about how I could grow the project into something different. Mm. And one of the thoughts is to do a, like a VR museum of just stuff. That would be amazing. So it's just like, yeah. you get the images in VR and you just like, you can just go see things. Yeah. And it doesn't like really matter what the thing is. It's just a thing from a stompy to a stone to a dead bird. It's just like, just a VR museum of just things that you can see in really high resolution. I mean, I, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Like if someone's listening and they hear this <laughs> and they want to help me do it. Hit Michelle up. We'll yeah. put his contact details in the show notes. Nice. Okay, so we are talking about your current series that you're working mm -hmm. on. Is it a series or is it sort of more of a just a collection of things, stuff and things, work, mm. creative expression? I don't know. Yeah, it is very much a creative expression. Yeah. Um, I think there's series within it. Okay. There, there's like different images that talk to each other yeah. like really well. Eventually, I'll probably do a series of just veined leaves. Okay. Because very interesting. They're just really cool. Yeah, they are. And there's just like such variation. Mm -hmm. How I sort everything mm -hmm. is plastic yeah. and trash. Stuff from the land, stuff yeah. from the sea, plants, and dead stuff. So that's like my categorization. Okay. And so, the, do those categories sort of intertwine? Yeah, they intertwine and intermingle. So it's like yeah. dried stuff and dead stuff kind of like intertwined. And sometimes you'll find a dead thing with mm. trash in it yeah. or on it. Yeah. yeah, just the juxtaposition of mm. objects Objects can be like really amazing. and yeah. You wouldn't expect things to work in a series, but they do. Stuff I started off at the beginning, the pigeons, mm. that's all done on a CIS scanner. Okay. And it's kind of like a series of its own. Yeah. And I think I'll continue using that scanner. Yeah. There's something really amazing. Because uh, when I was scanning them, it was, I did it index. Okay. It's like index instead of grayscale. Okay. So it's, it's just weird. Like everything about the whole process of scanning on that scanner and to that size is just weird why but i don't know it's like with like modern standards of how you would kind of like save a file mm -hmm. it's like okay cool i want to do a 16 bit yeah. tiff file um maybe do an lzw compression yeah. and that's rad but then why are you going to use index like index is just like this really weird color mode and it's not even grayscale it's like a percentage of black and okay. how close black dots are to each other there's something about like yeah, the other age of it and yeah. trying to work on it like a bridge doesn't even show up the images in preview okay like i actually have so very yeah very <laughs> old, so old school when i say i go into the archives to find the yeah. files it's like i go into the folder with like 100 pigeons in it and i have to get out my like paper printed ones yeah. to find the file name to find that particular one because I can't see it on preview. <laughs> so yeah, you have to go analog to find the digital. Yeah. So your process of scanning and sort of making these images and mm. like laying them out. I mean, I know with the with the pigeon series, a lot of those sort of looked like they'd been very particularly arranged. Mm. Am I correct? Mm, yeah. Really. As it lays. Oh okay. Yeah. There, there's. Only one 
scan that I feel it's a pigeon that has flowers within its yeah. abdomen. Okay. That's the one and only scan where I, I actually added something to it. Okay. Um, all the rest is just like as it as lays. It lays. Yeah. This is like mm -hmm. a, a reflection of yeah. that object in time. You mentioned that it takes you a while to sort of not begin the process, but the scanning sort of takes mm. a little bit longer and like figuring out how you're going to lay things, mm. even if they are not posed per se, but they yeah. are sort of placed. Mm. Do you find that the process is quite like a meditative sort mm. of allows you to sort of detach almost like from the crazy busyness of life? You sort of had this like sanctuary of creation. I, I once sat for a session mm. where I edited a piece of seaweed for eight hours straight oh, wow. okay. on a Friday night because that's what I wanted to do yeah. because it was so beautiful. Yeah. It's just got lost in it. Mm. So part of my process is like cleaning up the black around yeah. the object, not necessarily taking dust off in front of the object because mm. sometimes that's like it comes from there. Yeah. And what's really interesting is like the microparticles of like microplastics and yeah. all sorts of interesting microfibers that you that like come to be in the image yeah. that like come out of nowhere. It's like an eight hour session just mm. like sitting there and making the blackest black. You can truly just get lost in the detail of yeah. everything. No, I, I just um I find because I I'm not like a I'm not doing anything for like showing or anything, <laughs> but like I find that um, I do a lot of uh, embroidery mm -hmm. sort of thing, like just for fun. And then mm -hmm. like it really helps me sort of relax mm -hmm. and like detach from everything. Yeah. And it's just that quiet, mm. which I feel like it's sort of not similar process, but you know what I mean? Like a very yeah. sort of you engage with this piece of work completely and everything mm. else just sort of melts away. No, it's uh, yeah, you go into a state of flow. Yeah. Right? actually went on a creativity workshop recently mm. and I picked up a pencil for the first time in years. And yeah. uh, I just find I, as soon as the pencil lead hits the paper, I go into a state of flow and like mm. everything else disappears. Yeah. And it's the same when I was like load up Photoshop and yeah. I load up a layer to like take out all the stuff that I don't want there. Mm. Yeah, headphones on and the world disappears. Yeah. Yeah, embroidery is super fun to scan as well. Yeah, I saw you did one of Daniela, what's her name? Um, Daniela Kloch. Yes, yes, thank you. Fiance Knowles. Yeah. Yeah, I scan most of her stuff that's smaller than A4. Okay. Yeah, I did yeah. did a tennis racket, but yeah. for her prints that she oh, yes, sells, of course, yeah. yeah, I do all the scanning hmm. of the ones that okay. are smaller than A4. Yeah. I didn't know that's very interesting. Yeah. I love her, her work is... It's next level. Phenomenal. She is just next level though. No, it's it's like, it's super cool and super yeah. crazy and super amazing. Like getting into the fine detail of embroidered work. Oh. Yeah. Like I'm excited when she comes to scan. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. The Wednesday one was just, oh. Like Wednesday one? Image oh, of Wednesday, Wednesday Adams. Adams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday, what? Yeah. The texture and the yeah. three-dimensionality yeah. of it. and. The way that light hits the thread itself yeah. is, it's just phenomenal. Also just the, the layers of color that she uses. Mm. I mean, it is, it is painting. It is painting with thread. For yeah, me, absolutely. that's, I just, yeah, she is yeah. next level, incredible. One of the 
my favorite things about your Instagram channel yeah. is you can swipe through the images. So you see the image, yeah. the full, and then you see the details. So I that actually is... started off with gridding them. Okay, you yeah. know, it's like breaking the image up yeah. into a grid and then it's like a lot larger. I got irritated looking through my own work. Yeah. And thankfully, Slideshow came around. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's when you can see the little rainbow inside of a rock. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, what? It's the stuff that blows my mind. And like, I tried to share that with yeah. everyone else. But it does, and I think it does come across. And I think the the most interesting part about it is everybody finds something else that's fascinating. Mm. You know what I mean? While I may be obsessed with that piece of wisdom tooth and the fact that you can see fibers, which completely blows my mind. Mm. I'm sure they're not fibers. They're something else. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that blows my mind. Uh, yeah, they're not fibers. What are they though? So what happened was with the wisdom tooth is I have really large molars. Are they yours? Yeah. Okay. It's my one wisdom tooth. And the dentist had to cut it in half oh. and spread it open to take it out Okay. because the roots were bent. <laughs> Hopefully no one's had any like traumatic experiences with <laughs> dentists that's listening to this. Yeah. Probably just running away. Yeah, so that was a drill okay. rather than oh. actual growth lines. But I mean still incredible. Yeah. Yeah, we've glossed over objects. life. Yes, this is very true. I think it's, I don't have a driver's license. Okay. So I walk or cycle. Yeah. or take a taxi down my main road. And when you slow down, mm. it's just like you, you can actually see. Yeah. You, you can actually engage with the world around you. You can yeah. steal your neighbor's flowers <laughs> because they're really rad. Yeah. And it's only because you're, you're walking around that yeah, you exactly. see it. It's super cool. Yeah, I mean, I, so I take the My City mm -hmm. from here to Woodstock. And that there's this one part where you're driving, where is it now? I think it's Warmer Estate. Mm -hmm the top of Upper Mountain mm -hmm. Road. There's like this one part that just cuts down and you can see the harbor. Mm -hmm. And it's just every time it takes my breath away. And that's something I feel like if I was driving or if I was, you know, doing anything else, cycling, etc., mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily notice it. But yeah. because I'm standing on a bus just staring through <laughs> these massive glass windows, probably like, like a sardine. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm able to experience these beautiful things. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing that you've ever put on your scanner? I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay, why? Because... It's <laughs> yeah, it's actually... It is a secret. Okay. Because my friend smuggled it out of it. <gasps> yeah. One day I'll exhibit it in the far future when my friend's no longer okay. anywhere near a... a <laughs> <laughs> my mind is like racing with ideas now. Yeah, it's super crazy. Can we ask 20 questions? <laughs> no. Just to find out. No. Okay. Whew. Second favorite thing that you've ever scanned? Um, that you are allowed to talk about? That I am allowed to talk yeah. about. I don't know. It's It changes from like yeah. moment to moment. You know, it's like I remember one little thing in mm. one scan. It's... Um, I did a smoky quartz at like three different angles. Yeah. Uh, and one with a light shining through it and like did all these different tests. And the one just looks to me like, like an 80s synth pop album. Yeah. It's just like, that's what it is. And it's yeah. just like, that's all I can think about when I look at it. And then I'll go back to my like red seaweed mm. and it's this crazy 
red pigment, mm. but also these weird metallics, mm -hmm. golds that kind of shine through. You can see the individual cells of the seaweed. That's incredible. Then the sea urchin. Yeah. That where you see the mouth and the spines and yeah. all of that. And then you can go all the way back to my very first scan mm. of like a dead pigeon. And it's just like the architecture of a wing. Yeah. And the black and white stripes of a wing. It's just, yeah, I can't make up my mind ever. It'll, it will be... Other than the one I can't talk about, <laughs> it'll be like continually every, everything will have something amazingly beautiful in it. Yeah. So I can't really choose from all my children. Your children? Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like that though. It's sort of, um, yeah, finding the beauty, which mm. mm. I think we all definitely need mm. more of within our lives. So which creative or creatives within your own or another f industry or field have inspired you and helped to feed your creativity? It's a big one. Yeah. It's massive. <laughs> There's just like so many cool people out there. Yeah. I actually got asked this question recently. Okay. As well. But it's, yeah, it's like, who's the artist that you admire most? Mm. And I actually still need to scan his shoes, which I stole out of his bin. You stole his shoes out of his bin. Well, I went and asked him for it, but okay. um, a tongue. Okay. Yeah, he's a an amazing designer. Yeah. Whose work I first saw at Design in Daba, mm -hmm. I think it was like 2011. Okay. Like, or no, actually no, before that, it's like 2009. Mm -hmm. He was in the like young designers section, and he had a hand painted bicycle. Oh wow! Okay. And it was super cool. Yeah. And yeah, and he's just like this super amazing guy and mm. super amazing designer. Does like really cool like surface design stuff mm. and like high end design. And it's been to like Design Miami and judging okay, wow. a con like some like design awards thing at the moment. Mm -hmm. Just like the super most amazing guy. It's like so watching like someone who's just like continually working yeah. on like such awesome stuff and but like staying true to his values yeah uh, that's really amazing so Tang uh daniela clark yeah like she's just super wonderful human and her work just speaks for itself yeah and then lorraine lutz yes so i tried to do the 365 days okay and i felt bad but i still try and yeah try to post like three to four times a week if yeah. I can, or two times a week. Scanning her stuff is next level. Oh, do you scan her stuff as well? No. So we did a test. Yeah. And it's, yeah, she is like next level. The amount of detail. Yeah, no. And like that tiny little thing is just, yeah. oh, it's crazy. If you aren't aware of who Lorraine Lutz is, she does the Paintings Fans series. And she... Yeah, tiny. I mean, she did. She she painted something on a grain of rice, didn't yep. she? Yeah, she next level. Yeah, it's, we'll link her in the show notes. You can go check her out. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, and then probably one of my uh, like a really big inspiration, mm -hmm. but I started scanning trash, mm -hmm. and then National Geographic came out with the whole ocean trash thing. Yeah, and it was like a 
couple months between when I started it and yeah. when it came out. And it was like super crazy when that all happened. One of the cover photographs for the National Geographic is uh, by a photographer called Mandy Barker, I think. Okay. And she's been going around the world and photographing like human waste that's in the ocean yeah. for like 20 years or something. She has like collections upon collections of like just things that have been found in the ocean. And it's amazing. It's and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. It's super, super crazy. It's like spills from containers from mm. ships that have been washing up for the past twenty years. Yeah. Like a FIFA like World Cup soccer ball that comes from one part of the world and found somewhere mm. else. Um but what I really love about it is like it's in a very similar style to my stuff. Yeah. So it's all on black. It's basically just like a like swirl of trash in the black. Okay. Like what's out there at the moment yeah, is no, terrifying. I mean, it's reality. So <laughs> yeah. we must deal with it. Yeah. Do you find that, I'm sorry, I'm going to add an extra question. Do you find that um, you've become like, I don't know if you are environmentally conscious or do you find that you're pushing towards... Being more environmentally conscious, seeing as you, I mean, your your whole sort of creative process is collecting things that have been otherwise discarded, mm. or part of it. Do you find that that's pushed you towards being, I don't know, like, no, focus? On... I think it's, it's like always been something that's been with me. Okay. So okay. Like, I grew up in Zimbabwe, and it was nice to like have a lot of space yeah. uh, where I grew up. And we were very fortunate to have a big garden that I yeah. could just like mess, or mess around in. Um, so I've always enjoyed being out in nature. These days I'm more stuck in an orange chair working behind my computer than out in nature, yeah. which isn't that great. But when I do get out, it's, it's nice to just like be in nature, mm -hmm. but you can never just be in mm. nature the way that civilization has taken over mm. nothing's really raw yeah anymore it's not like you're always on a beaten track yeah and that beaten track has rubbish i was walking through kirstenbosch the other day with my partner mm. and we found like a whole lot of trash like stuffed into the stump of a dried tree at kirstenbosch in kirstenbosch like what? on the skeleton gorge path and it's it's just weird and it just shouldn't be there. No, and I mean they don't have um, they don't There's have bins, no bins. Yeah. for a reason. Yeah, it's a natural. Yeah, and oh, like no. I don't know, like those might have been there for years. Yeah, she went on a trip with my university um, uh, to Namibia to a conference, mm -hmm. and on our way back we stopped off at Sossusle, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the big red dunes and yeah. the like salt pans. There as well, I found like beer cans underneath mm. something somewhere that had been sitting there for I don't know how many years. <laughs> I did a, a scan of a Lego mm. man that my friend found at like the Vita around the corner from here actually. Yeah. And it's like this little Ninjago character and it's made of Lego. Yeah. And Lego is hardcore plastic. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's meant to be that if you bought Lego in the 80s yeah. and you bought Lego today, those pieces can fit together. Yeah. You know, that's how well it'll last. And that also means that that piece of Lego is probably going to be around for the next like 
500 years yeah. and you'd still be able to put it together. So, you know, it's like, but will that box that you keep the Lego in still be there? If it's a cardboard box, it won't. No. So. <laughs> but you'll be left with the Lego. The Lego I mean, will be somewhere. Oh, this is true. Yeah. Probably in the ocean. Yeah, in the ocean or fossilized. That's the, yeah. like, when aliens do find us and our fossils, our fossils will be our plastic. But it's, it's terrifying how there's, like, there almost seems to be a disconnect between those two things. Like, we're so, we're such consumers, mm. and yet we don't, there's no next level thinking. Like, how is this going to affect, I mean, obviously it's becoming more prevalent as mm. people are becoming more aware of the damage that we're doing. Yeah. But it's also like, how many years have they been making Lego? Uh, lots like, and lots and lots. Lots and lots, yeah. yeah. Being human and living mm. in the world, you know, it's like, yeah. If you're a photographer, you have a camera that's made yeah. of plastic and it's going to be with you for what, five, ten years? And yeah, then what happens true. to that? Um, and like just trying to make a living as a photographer, like you need to print out your artwork, which yeah. is like ink that was manufactured somewhere. And, you know, it's you can just like, I know I've gone into like seriously apathetic spirals of depression thinking about just the stuff yeah. that's around us. Um, and all the stuff that we use and like, it's just stuff and stuff and stuff. Yeah. And maybe this is like my way of trying to like deal with it psychologically, all the yeah. stuff, you know, it's like I picked up stuff, did something good for the environment today, yeah. at least. Um, and you made something beautiful out of it. Yeah. And it's like trash is beautiful. Yeah. But it's, it's just like everything can be beautiful. Yeah. It's just shifting your perspective. I feel like that's literally the most perfect place to end this. <laughs> so that is all from us for this week's episode of Orms Air. But I want to say a big thank you to Michelle Weston for joining us in studio. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and for making the world just that little bit more beautiful. Oh, thanks so thank much you. for having me. This has been amazing. And a thank you, go, of course, goes to Jess Semple, our producer for mixing the audio, sitting here with us, and for all of the other work that she does. Okay, so let's roll the outro. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Orms Air, the Orms podcast. I hope you've enjoyed being a part of the conversation as much as we've enjoyed having you. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions for us, please get in touch by emailing ormsair at orms.co.za. Head on over to ormsair.buzzsprout.com and take a peek at this week's show notes for more information on any works referenced or topics discussed in this week's episode. If you've enjoyed this episode of Orms Air and feel that someone you know could be creatively enriched by joining us in conversation, why not share this episode with them and invite them to join our photographic community? Until next week, keep questioning, keep inspiring, and above all, keep creating.